0: Oh. Yep. All right. All righty. So, Julie Burrows.
1: Yes, Mike Lampa.
0: <laughs> you, For the last you,
1: time today, I'm going to hear that. The session starts just like that. Mike goes, Julie Burrows.
0: <laughs> so, yes. We, um, we definitely, definitely keep impressing upon our customers the critical importance of adopting data ops principles and, and practices. Um, my observation with StreamSets is this is data ops on steroids here right? Um, If I could have had tools like this when I was um, responsible for building enterprise data warehouses, you know, to be able to have embedded drift detection, uh, schema change capture elegantly handled, oh my goodness, right? Instead of breaking stuff. Um, The ability to stream, the ability to do change data capture and batch processing. uh, There's some good stuff here we're about to see.
1: Yep. These guys are uh, hitting the scenes. I tell you, we we um, we'd known Mike. Mike, God, what? Okay, I'm gonna say it.
2: Julie, fifteen. fifteen, nope. 15 yeah, years. Plus. That's
1: right. We're not allowed to go further than that. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I got that voted at our company kickoff. If one thing you can take away from this, Mike's cold.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's me, Mike, not you.
0: <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with the uh, shorter comb there, so that my gray doesn't show up as much. You know? <laughs> Pro tip, exactly.
1: Yeah, so we're, we've known Mike since our Informatica Partner of the Year days, and right around that. But yeah, we're excited about having these guys as part of the TMM and, and working with them with uh, customers and clients. They do have great technology. Cool. And you are going to be in good hands with these two. They, they uh-huh. presented to us about a month ago, a month and a half ago or so. And mm-hmm. we walked away from the meeting saying, okay, we're really impressed. So That's right.
0: So everybody, awesome. for our last session and one of the most exciting parts of the Technology Matters Marathon, I'd like to introduce you to Mike Pickett, the VP of Product Growth at StreamSets, and Thomas Bennett, uh, the director of growth engineering. Um, Mike, I'm going to turn it over to you. All sir, right, take it and, and, away. And, and everyone.
1: Mike, we're going we, to take our ugly mugs off so that they can focus on your cute mugs.
3: No, no, no. Can you guys see my, just check, uh, quick check, so you can see my screen? Yes, sir.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: All right, good. Um, well, thank you, everybody. Uh, my name's Mike Pickens, Mike had mentioned, and uh, I'm here with Tom Bennett. We're gonna run through really quickly. I can give you an overview of StreamSets and uh, Mike had mentioned data drift and I can explain what that is. And I'm gonna try to do it really quickly. Uh, If I go through it uh, uh, too fast, by all means, uh, come back and uh, love to talk about this. It's something uh, we at StreamSets are really excited about. Um, So I'm gonna give it kind of a quick overview of who we are and what we do. And then Tom's gonna give a demonstration uh, or do a walkthrough on the platform. Um, Mike had talked about data ops. I would uh, prefer to say is we're a modern data integration platform with data ops built in, and, and it's a subtle but important uh, differentiation. It's, um, we're not a data kitchen, uh, but what we can do for data uh, pipelines is really quite powerful. So with that, let me get going. Uh, so just quick overview on us. Um, well, we were founded in 2014. It was announced last week. Uh, we're being acquired by Software AG. Um, Very well established uh, company, a a 50 year old um, uh, company, but they are leaders in application and API integration. Uh, My personal feeling is I think there's a good fit between that and data integration. So I'm excited to see where we go. Uh, Within StreamSets, um, a lot of veterans uh, from the industry, uh, Cloudera, Talent, Uh, Informatica and others. So it's, um, this is a space obviously we're all very passionate about. Uh, We do have a cloud platform. Uh, We work very closely with Amazon, Google, Microsoft as well as Snowflake, Databricks. And um, we have offices around the world, San Francisco, um, London, uh, Bangalore, uh, et cetera. So what is it, succinctly what we do is data integration. We do the ingestion, the uh, ETL, so I consider transformation before you load it, and then the ELT, transformation down in um, uh, the environment. That's what we're gonna show you a little bit more about today, what we're doing with Snowflake. And uh, reverse ETL, pulling data from the data warehouse and getting it back into uh, uh, the relevant applications. New pattern, uh, but not uh, not unfamiliar. Uh, we do it all modes, so we can move data in batch streaming uh, or by events, um, and we do transformations at both a records level, and that's a key part of data drift, why I call it shaping the data on its way to the destination, as well as full data set um, transformation, and that's again what you're going to see with uh, what we do with uh, Snowflake through our transformer product. and. Um, Really cool is we can start really small. We have a lot of users that use us just to move a file from, uh, move and I call it shape a file from on-prem to the cloud. Uh, And then uh, we have clients, uh, large healthcare and banking clients that are running literally tens of thousands of concurrent pipelines and we have a platform to monitor that. Uh, We're used largely around the analytics space. You can see uh, great logos, but getting data in to the environment, uh, shaping it, formatting it. You'll see a lot of stuff here as we see streaming, real-time event data being um, a hot topic. And it it just makes sense with where uh, latency is getting pushed down. and People want to see more and more stuff um, faster and faster. And then one of the most common uh, uh, motions we're seeing in the market today is helping clients move from their legacy on-prem or self-managed environments uh, into cloud uh, native uh, services and systems. When you look at our architecture, just conceptually, this is way to think about it. We do the ingestion. It's a product called StreamSets Data Collector, and that you know landing area can be a, a static or it can be a message broker. Uh, the transform in the middle that that's where we're transforming it before it goes into the destination, and just uh, not super relevant, but we're doing that in Spark uh, when that's necessary, and then the transform native down in the environment you're gonna see with Snowflake, uh, that's being done in SQL through their uh, Snowpark uh, capabilities. And then the ability to do reverse ETL, bringing the data out, uh, and putting it back into the uh, applications that matter. So that's conceptually how I'd uh, like folks to think about. We talk about data drift, I'll let you kind of read the words, but really succinctly what it is. All these changes that are happening upstream then end up having a major impact downstream and it breaks pipelines. Uh, We have a patent on this technology and how we're able to do it. So we're really proud about that. And it really allows us to do um, uh, manage data drift. And it's not just schema change. It is schema change uh, that's included. But we're able to do it at levels that others are not. So it happens everywhere. And um, it's kind of a little, you know, diagram uh, matching the other one. Uh, again, format changes, source APIs, uh, destinations, et cetera, and we're help people be resilient uh, of that across the board. Now what I'm going to do next is go into an example of where this shows up every day for frontline data engineers and how we're able to do this. And we have many testimonials, but I just want to make sure we're all on the same page and, and this, uh, this actually really helped me kind of come in and explain to people. Very common for the data engineer to get a request that they have to load data into Snowflake regularly for the business analyst. And what they do is they go and look at how does the schema look in Snowflake? How do I define a file that if the business people would just put their data into that format and drop it into S3 or directory, I'll be able to load it up automatically. In fact, I can set triggers and it will just get up and go. That's how everything looks in concept. This is what ends up happening in reality. When the business people get it, the line of business, and there's nothing, this is nothing wrong with them. I am guilty of doing this myself. I move columns around to think about it sequentially of how I'm thinking about my data being structured. If I have somebody doing data entry for me, I might actually go even a step farther and start changing the column headers. And what, you know, unbeknownst to me, or don't really care, hate to say that, is it's easy, it's better for that somebody that I'm giving it to really understands what I'm asking for here. If I go back up, you can see what Anna did was create column headers that match to the receiving uh, schema. That has been broken here. as with anything that's going on um, with either human entry or perhaps I'm just dragging and dropping files into here, you end up having things like um, uh, integer fields get transferred to text, et cetera. And it, just, it, it ends up, this is the type of stuff, by the way, that breaks and that will prevent the data from being loaded so the file may not get consumed. Or worse, it is consumed, but the data is error-prone and it's messed up uh, in a way that now your business analysts can be looking at it, going, "What the heck is going on?" So, in a real, in a simple way, is this is what we're able to do with this is one of the aspects of data drift we're able to easily handle. People can put in uh, custom processors and expressors that really are out there looking for the fields by uh, content and thus re-correcting them and moving things around so that it does fit the standard format that the data engineer had originally put forward. And um, see here, we've got an alert and a flag. We can capture those those things as well. If something falls out of spectrum, um, we we can alert somebody to it so that they can go in and check on it. Meanwhile, the rest of the data moves forward. So that's just a concept of on an individual human level about data drift, but it also happens machine to machine. Not gonna go into that, but um, hope that leaves people with an understanding of what's going on. So um, I'm gonna cover just a couple more slides and then hand it over to Tom. Um, And what we're gonna show you really quickly is um, what uh, we're talking about from a a pipeline. So what Tom's gonna be showing and talking about is we have a CSV file, uh, actually a number of them, And it's in a local directory. Um, He's going to be uh, putting that onto a Kafka um, uh, uh, stream and converting it to JSON. And it'll show which is it could be converted to one of many things. And then that's going to be loaded into Snowflake. And then in Snowflake, we're going to talk about where we do native transformation in SQL. We would call this a hybrid environment. So we're moving things from On prem to Cloud. you can do cloud to cloud or on-prem to on-prem, but this is a very uh, common scenario. It's people working with local files all the time. So the first product is our stream sets data collector, and this is what does the ingestion. And we um, you know, see pipelines from sources to destinations. That's just conceptually on the left-hand side. On the right-hand side is, when I talked about our processors that we have, we really have a rich set of predefined processors. Um, flatteners and um, all sorts of, you know, it really is a rich set of things. So when you look at our pipelines, um, our users talk a lot about how they're just able to do so much stuff, just dropping in these processors uh, along the way and and shaping their data the way they want to see it and then reuse it. Uh, Tom's also going to show you it, uh, we have the concept of uh, being able to use fragments. So we decouple quite a lot of stuff if people or we give people the power to decouple and that's really useful that if somebody designs a pipeline with specific logic they can then go apply that component of the pipeline to any number of use cases and get the same output without having to redefine and rewrite stuff then we're going to go on to uh transformer for snowpark uh sorry it's transformer for snowflake and this is all powered through snowpark we built uh this capability Um, on Snowpark, so it basically takes data transformation logic and pushes it down into Snowflake, where it is run natively in SQL. We can do basically common SQL that, you know, the standard aggregates, filters, joins. And then really what gets into unique is we're now able to do much more complex capabilities that previously um, users would go to Spark for, so slowly changing dimensions, a lot of pivots, deduplication. And then something we're particularly excited about in our customers are the ability to put in um, uh, custom UDFs and put them in uh, both in-, in line and then put them into an apply function so that they're all executed natively down in Snowflake. So, so that's, about the, that's the demo that we're going to go into, but those are the components. And um, try to get through this quick. So that uh, can come back for any Q and A. And I'm going to
4: stop sharing Tom over to you. Great. <clears throat> Thanks, Mike. Well, appreciate the uh, intro and background. I just want to say welcome to everybody. My name's again, Thomas Bennett. Let's go ahead and get this shared. Uh, just want to touch on something real quick, as you know, Mike had uh, had discussed was the data drift, right? And so let's just take a look at what that really looks like for a user. And then we'll, we'll get into everything. So our data set today is we have a hundred files and I have just got a subset of them here. And as we continue to go through, each one of these files is completely different, right? So you can take a look at, you know, this left uh, column here, we've got department matrix. You know, you click on another one, it's store monitor. Just to make it easy, anything with a capital letter is what we actually care about. That would be, you know, in this case, you know, uh, Anna would have said, hey, this is what's in the uh, destination. This is what I need. However, uh, between that and actually getting it, this is what she's actually being delivered from the line of business. So, uh, you know, again, a column with no name. So that makes it very entertaining when you're trying to process it. And as uh, the other Mike, uh, Mike L has stated, uh, will definitely in the past have broken your pipelines and caused all kinds of havoc. So let's go ahead and get to uh, stream sets. And now I'm going to go ahead and log in. I, I, I do want to mention, you know, you can go to streamsets.com, get registered. It's free. Uh, you go ahead and start, you know, working with it, creating pipelines. Um, let me get this out of the way. The other thing is, you'll notice when we first log in you have this getting started and getting help. And these are, you know, I I just want to take a moment to really touch on these. Uh, They're very helpful. Uh, The getting started will help you get set up with a deployment, which helps you get your engine going, how to get started building your first pipeline, get a job going, and then monitoring it. Uh, And then as well as, you know, again the full documentation and different ways to be able to interact with, us here at StreamSets, you can right through the uh, product, you can say connect with an expert, you can uh, go to the academy, take some uh, lessons and even get certified. So great opportunity to get in, use the product and uh, get going with it. It's very quick and uh, pretty straightforward to get moving with. So let's take a look at what Anna would be doing, right? So we're going to uh, initially start in here with the pipeline, and the first pipeline that we're going to be doing is Anna getting the files from the line of business and processing those to a Kafka topic. A lot of people would say, "Well, why don't you just go from the file right to Snowflake?" And yes, that's a great uh, that's a that's a great question. We could do that. However, you know, one of the things we look at in best practices is to decouple a lot of these steps. Uh, it also gives you a lot of reusability. and also, you know, and as your enterprise continues to grow, you can plug and play, you plug these different pieces in your different uh, organizations and departments, uh, with very little impact to the whole system. So in this case, we're simply going to have or Anna has got this pipeline, which is monitoring a directory. It's looking at a file name pattern. So it's basically saying anything that ends in .csv. I wanna go ahead and take these and process it. Now, we're gonna build this, uh, you can look at this in a little bit more detail, but I wanna go over it at a high level here real quick. Uh, We're telling it that it's gonna be delimited, that it has a header, and it'll automatically know how to start parsing it. Secondly, we're going to uh, tell it that we have particular fields that we want to guarantee are in a uh, specific data type. So in this case, any of these three fields, as it sees it, uh, it'll guarantee that they get converted to integer. If they can't, then it'll go ahead and send this record to, uh, to the error record. Uh, and then again, down here, we're converting these to float. And then finally, uh, we're just writing this out to uh, a Kafka broker on the sales topic. So let's go ahead, you know what, let's just take a second and we'll, we'll build this real quick. And I think you'd be really surprised uh, at how fast we can go about doing this and you are essentially creating a very complex uh, pipeline very quickly and very easily.
2: So we're going to choose
4: data collector. And you heard Mike talk about that. Uh, again, this is the record by record uh, engine. So if I was Anna, I'd come in
2: i go ahead and set all this up. We're gonna go ahead and go into our canvas. Wait a second.
4: All right. So the first thing, and you'll notice here, when I come in, it it immediately says, hey, look, you're missing an origin. You need to start with something. So all of these origins are out of the box for uh, stream sets. And some of these you say, you, you see where it says not installed, not a big deal. You click on it, it'll say, you want to install it? Yes, I do. It'll pull down the binary, get everything set up, and then you're ready to go with it. So you just pull down what you need. In this case, we're just going to use the directory. And it'll immediately say, hey, uh, you want to add some processors? You want to add some destinations? Yeah, of course, we'll get to that. That's it, but that's good. finish this up here real quick. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna tell it the directory that we want uh, to monitor and, and then the pattern, and that's it. I mean, right now it'll go out to this directory on the server that the engine is running on. Uh, It'll look for all the files with that pattern. We also have the ability to do any kind of advance. We can, you know, increase the number of threads. You know, depending on um, you know how much data we were going to have out there, and you'll also will see this as well: this batch wait time and batch size. And you'll see that when we get to uh, the Kafka uh, origin as well. And these are an either or, right? So it's whatever one of these hits first. So that way you just you don't have uh, data just sitting out there stuck because you didn't have the total number of records. So if it gets a thousand records, great, it'll process. If it's not, when the 60 seconds are up, it'll send whatever it has. So that way you always have data moving down your pipeline. It's always in motion. Uh, finally, I say, okay, well, what kind of data though is it am I gonna be processing? In this case, it's gonna be the but if it was JSON, all I'd have to simply do is say, bam, JSON, and that's it. That's all I have to do. And it would immediately know to go in and parse it. So, and then the only thing we'd really have to tell it is that is it going to be multiple JSON objects or an array of objects? And that would be it. And the same thing for all the others. But in this case, it's going to be delimited. We're going to tell it that it uh, does have a header line, and that's it. Um, and, and then we're done. We have our origin set. Next, we go over to the processors. And you'll see, as Mike said, a very rich set of processors. Again, if they're not installed, you click on them and it'll pull those down and get everything set up for you. In this case, we're going to work with the field type converter. So we'll go ahead and click on that. And again, just gonna pick a couple of the fields here. We have a couple of ways of doing this. We can say whatever field name I have, You know, I'll, that's how I'll, I'll type in the field name. And then if, when it sees it, it'll convert it to whatever type I tell it. And if it cannot, you know, we have some objects We our options. We can sell it to remove the field, not to convert it, so that it is null or to create an error record. So very rich in that case. Um, or we have the option to say, look for a data type. So let's just say um, you had a date, uh, date time field or date time data type and you wanted to convert it to a string or something, you could very easily do that. And in this case, we're going to, say invoice ID, we wanna make sure, and then we just keep adding them on there. So um, I can just say total, and then I can add another one and keep going down and then it's just repeating the process, right? So I can say, okay, I want my price. Whenever you see price, I have all these different uh, data formats I can automatically convert it to. So in this case, I'm gonna say blue. And that's, that's it for the processor. And we can just continue to add these on um, as we need. And, and then finally, uh, we have our destinations. And again, we have a, a set of destinations we have on here. Today, we're going to pick the Kafka producer. Now, you'll notice once I have my origin processor and destination, I don't get the little message box up here. If I want to add new processors, I can just click on uh, this little icon between the boxes, and I get my list. Or I can click on this uh, over here, and I get the full list of everything. And then I can very easily, you know, filter this out by saying, you know, like Amazon and stuff like that.
2: But let's go ahead and finish up our Kafka.
4: So when we have our Kafka. Uh, very simple, straightforward. Again, uh, we can have a connection set up, uh, or we can just type this in. And in this case, I have my server, and then I can just do comma separated, and I can just keep adding more and more brokers on here until I've got all my brokers that I want to uh, process with. Now I'm going to give it, a, you know, the topic name since this is a
2: producer. Sorry, my mouse, the wonders of, there we go, the battery mouse.
4: Okay, so we also have our security. We have all these come out of the box. We don't have any security turned on for our local Kafka, but if we did, you could easily pick any of these. And then the really cool part here that I wanna mention, and Mike mentioned it as well, is the data format coming back out of this. So coming in, we had a CSV format, it got parsed, it got put into the, uh, the data collector internal format to be sent through the engine. Now we're ready to take that and put it into the target. We do want JSON, but in this case, we could choose any of these, delimited, the Avro, Protobuf, XML, very quick and easy. And then you can even tell it whether or not you want it to be pretty painted, uh, pretty formatted. Uh, on the output, so you want to be kind or not to the uh, individual's processing. We're going to leave this as JSON, and that's it. Um, the next thing you know, I want to talk about real quick is that you'd find very useful here is when you get done building your pipeline or if you're at a different stage in, in building your pipeline, you have this opportunity to do a preview. I wanted to talk about this, uh, and it allows you to be able to essentially look at each Um, stage in your pipeline and be able to see that any kind of logic that you put in is working accurately. You're getting the outputs that you want. You can also look at the headers um, for your records, and you can also determine uh, whether or not you want to write it to the destination. And The other cool part, and I really like this, is the run preview through stage. Because I may, if if I have a very long pipeline, I may not want it to process all the way to the very end. I can pick and choose at any point in time. So I can say, you know, only run it through the field type converter. And when I do run preview, it would only process up to the field type converter. And that's it. So that way you can, as you're moving down, you can test a little bit, make changes, expand it out, keep moving down. And then when you're done and you feel very comfortable with, uh, the logic and, and how everything is performing, then you can come here and say, do a test run before you build a job. And you can, you know, put in your own custom parameters or even reset the origin if the origin has an offset that needs to be monitored and, and keep processing over and over again until you're ready to go. So it makes for not only the development very easy, but also the testing uh, easy as well. So let's take a look at the other pipelines real quick. We have our step two pipeline. This one is very straightforward. Uh, We're just simply saying, I want to take the data off of the sales topic and I want to put it into our Kafka stage. But again, what I want to discuss here is we have the ability here with this to do a topic list, so I can put in multiple topics if I so wanted to. I could just keep adding more topics on along, you know, along as, as well as the brokers that I wanna have included in it. Uh, again, I can make this uh, multi-threaded if I need be, depending on the volume of data that you're getting in and the SLAs that you need. And again, you'll notice the max batch size and batch wait time because always, this is trying to keep the data moving through your pipeline and get the data going to your destination. Finally, I wanna be able to parse it. And as you've seen from the others uh, stages, all you have to do is just simply select the format that you want and that's it. The stage will automatically handle that for you. Now, again, you heard us talk about Uh, drifty data, well, all right, how does that also play into when we're writing this out? So you'll see here I have my uh, snowflake destination, and I want to touch on a few things with this. So we have our data drift enabled, and by default, that is enabled. And what that does is if it detects any change in the data that's coming in, it will go ahead and prepare and issue the alter table statement uh, and the destination. So that's you know becomes that's that's very helpful. That's what we want because in this case, yes, I want all the fields that I, that you know if I'm in all the fields that I'm expecting the process. However, I'm also potentially going. Let me capture everything and then I can go back through it and see uh, if we need to be able to use anything with that or. If, if it's a particular department, maybe we have a separate process that could uh, utilize that data without having to have this uh, spaghetti junction of all these you know topics and everything going in. I can handle everything in one process without breaking anything and out very complex code. Secondly, the table auto create, this is disabled by uh, default, but I enabled it because Knowing that this is the first time, this is going to run through. I wanted to automatically build my table for me, so I don't have to worry about forgetting that you know I didn't have the table created automatically for me in my target. And then finally, again, this also goes along with the data drift. Um, I enabled this part here that says ignore missing fields because, as you saw with our drifty table or our drifty files, not every field, not every file, is going to have the same column names. Like it could be different departments and organizations, different customers. And so it could be vastly different. So in this case, what it's saying is if, if, I, uh, if I'm missing a field, that's great, I'll just put the default value in uh, the destination. So in this case, if, if it's a bar chart, it'll just be null. So, and then finally, and these, these pass to Rayanne on SDC, And that's our, again, as as Mike discussed, our record by record. Our third piece here is going to run on our transformer for Snowflake. Now, one of the main differences that I wanna touch on real quick with the transformer for Snowflake is the fact that transformer for Snowflake, uh, you don't have to deploy, you know, create a deployment, get get the engine set up. Uh, The engine is natively hosted by us. So all you have to do is say, create a pipeline, you give it a name, and then choose Transformer for Snowflake. You come in, you just continue to say yes, open in Canvas, and then there you go. And then now you can go ahead uh, and build your pipeline. So let's go take a look at the one that we are going to process.
2: So OK,
4: so we have our pipeline here. and. This runs uh, again, as, as Mike said. This was built entirely on Snowpark uh, framework by Snowflake, so all the data here is uh, going to stay in, in the Snowflake environment. We don't pull anything out. So we have our stage. We, you know, just simply, in this case, tell it the table name. Uh, in this case, we're also telling it the fields that we want. So I don't want every field to generate my sales roll-up report. I just want the fields that I want for this individual report because I'm pulling it out of our staging environment. I tell it, uh, you know, the the, the the processors that, you know, this, these are the different processors. Let's take a look at them. I'll go ahead and edit this.
2: this make a little bit more sense. Yeah.
4: So I have all my processors over here. Let me just make a little bit better list. Here we go. A little bit better, easier to see. Uh, you know, I have we have all the classic ones, as Mike said, the common SQL. Uh, we also have some that are, you know, again, this is the power of using Snowpark to, you know, build our platform on. Is we can put in these very customized but common patterns and data warehousing like deduplication, slowly changing dimensions. Uh, we're also able to very easily bring in the uh, ability to, to call your UDFs that you have inside of uh, your snowflake environment uh, handle different ways to do JSON parsing automatically inside of your pipeline, et cetera. So we're utilizing also some of the ones that you see natively with stream sets such as you know the field uh, fields to keep or the field remover. Uh, we're using the roll-up processor. this is going to be, uh, it's, it's a, a group by from Snowflake. Also sorting the data, and then finally, we're putting the data into our roll-up table. And one of the things we're saying here is because this, this pipeline is not going to run const- uh, constantly. Typically, these pipelines are going to be scheduled because you know they're, they're only going to run at the times that you need them to. And what we're saying here is, okay, whenever this runs, go ahead and truncate and reload the table. And if it doesn't exist, go ahead and create it for us again. And so what happens here is when this executes, uh, utilizing the Snowpark framework, this gets converted, as Mike said, into SQL. It gets pushed down to Snowflake and then is processed across the, 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 the size of your warehouse. So the larger your warehouse is, the more processing power you get. So let's go ahead and take a look at what these, uh, how how these look inside of our engine, and we uh, get to the q a So I have step one and step two running. Uh, they're constantly running; they never stop, and that's what we want. So I'm going to go ahead and put some files. I've got some files that I'm pushing out there for step one, <clears throat> and we can go to the monitor job. And it's already processed them, okay? So I had it at 100,000, now it's processed 200,000. And what we're gonna go ahead and do is, and you'll see that as the records through uh, throughput is going, it'll keep up with it and let you know how this is interacting. And if you had any errors, there's, uh, you, this is going to the target or the destinations or get any stage er- errors in the middle. This gives you all that information. And so you can visualize how this is going uh, through your pipeline. So let's take a look at the other pipeline real quick. Okay, so this is processing it through a little bit uh, slower because it's going from queue to, um, to table. And I, I intentionally left this single threaded because I wanted us to be able to have something to see here. Uh, but you can see that it is processing the data through. Uh, as, as we can, as it continues to go back when you can look at this up here and this tells you where it's at in the pipeline as far as processing. So it's at the uh, Snowflake stage and then we'll go back and forth as it continues to process this chunk of records. But let's get to our third piece, which is our job that's going to execute in Snowflake. And so real quick, we'll take a look at what we have in Snowflake. And you'll see that we have this store and the department and, you know, all the sales totals uh, using the roll up capability, but now we're going to run this job. And you'll see that this job actually, you know, has a start and stop.
2: Yeah, should be done in a second now.
4: Yep, there it goes deactivating. So it is now finished processing any data that was up here. So you'll see that now we have a change in the store uh, because went it went it, ahead it and truncated and loaded the new data that uh, had come in. So, and that's our demo. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us here and go through this. And I'll like to turn this back over to Mike and open this up for any Q&A. Thank you, Tom. Thank
3: you, Tom. If folks can just give me one sec to get back and share. Tom, can you uh, let me share screen? Absolutely. All right. A uh, quick call to action, and we'll open up for uh, any questions. Folks saw uh, I'm answering questions in um, the chat, and they, you'll see there I'm not, I'm not just hammering uh, stream sets. I've been in space for a long time, and I'm just generally passionate about it. Call to action. We ask you, please, all sign up for the uh, DataOps platform. It is free. Um, you get two users in an, what's our construct of an org. Consider that like a, a team. And um, you can run up to two concurrent pipelines, and I will assure you that um, if you're using it for uh, traditional uh, efforts, that's that's going to be plenty. Um, if you're moving it into like production operations and you're running one pipeline, um, you can do that. But uh, I recommend folks please do give it a try. And then uh, what Tom showed you on the transformer for Snowflake, we're in what uh, we're in private preview. We're going to be going to public preview shortly. But um, welcome anybody on this call. If they send a note to try snowpark at streamsets.com, uh, Tom and I will personally get you into our private preview. We'd love for you, if you're working with Snowflake, we really would love to get your feedback. And um, uh, the initial feedback, we've been in private preview for about six weeks. It's really good. So um, uh, please um, take us up on that. Uh you can reach Tom and I directly. Uh at Bennett at Streamsets and I'm Mike.picket at Streamsets. And with that, I think we have a few minutes, Mike, for uh QA.
0: Yeah, we do. Um we had that one part question come across from Brad, and you did uh, re- reply in line, Mike. Is there anything you would like to augment around your reply?
3: I was kind of jamming forward on some of the other ones, Mike. Can you Brad, which one was it? Oh, connectors. Right. Yeah. Great. Um, so the question that Brad had had is, do you have a rich set of connectors? Now, that's the reason this is a relative, but it's one of the most important questions, in my opinion. It's relative because what are you trying to connect to? So, stream sets our strength is a lot on the enterprise data stores, database connectors, uh, and such as, and we have an SDK that allows you to write custom integration. Uh, uh, via REST and some of your APIs. Uh, I've been in the space for a long time. You can go look on LinkedIn. This is one of the best I've seen in the marketplace. And I'm not um, just tuning our own horn. Now, if you are looking for like SaaS app connectors, uh, sales and marketing, um, uh, those would be things that the likes of a Stitch or a Fivetran have a really wealthy set of pre-packaged connectors, um, uh, Matillion data loader. Um, and, you know, that's, that, that's what they do very well. Um, extending their tools to new connectors is, is can be a challenge, uh, it's very easy for us. So it depends what you're looking for. Um, but do, do go take a look, you'll be surprised with what you can do. Uh, I will say is as simple as this sounds, file from a, a directory to a changed file in a directory is very common. Uh, we're one of the few that can do it uh, super easy, and it is a very common pattern. And the reason is, with this proliferation of SaaS applications, I don't know of any one vendor that has them all covered. And what's becoming very common is export the file to JSON, have your standard destination file format that you want, oftentimes it can be JSON, and then this is where we the, the shaping of the data, as it moves, we can do that. But we're seeing files become a, a very common way to uh, do integrations. And then I was about, I don't know if I wrapped it up. When you're looking at destinations, destinations are oftentimes project dependent. Data science work, go to Databricks, you might be looking at doing uh, predictive analytics in that, if you're a data scientist. Um, Snowflake is oftentimes used. I mean, it's, it's started out in sales and marketing analytics because it's so easy to use. If you're choosing a tool and uh, you're looking for future growth and such, strongly recommend, where do you think you're going to be? Um, and do you really, you know, because if, a, if you start out and you say, hey, I want these sources today in Snowflake, oh, but my data scientists may want that tomorrow in another destination. Um, although I'd encourage them to look at snow park, uh, then switching destinations can be important. So it's um, it's something I'd say is uh, don't make that exclusively, but make that part of your consideration.
1: Okay.
0: So good insight there, my friend. A mm-hmm.
1: little passion there, Mike. Scar right. tissue. Scar <laughs> tissue.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, you know, going back to, you know, um, Recognizing that something changed in a, a a file drop location, I'm I don't know how many times we wrote listeners. Yeah, that would you know, and th- then we would have some kind of cron job that would execute the list listener every so minutes or hours. So you've got that innate capability built into your product set. Yeah.
3: There's uh Tom and I have both been like uh just informatica talent in here and um. Yes, I am passionate about this space. Never thought I'd be a data integration. Um, I don't know what you want to call it, because I'm still learning. Um, but this, this stream sets us some really cool stuff.
0: I would call it a Sherpa.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it, really, it can really do some cool stuff. And I really yeah. wouldn't um, encourage folks. You'll see, we are very accessible. Please sign up for the platform. Um, you can ask for uh, uh, help within the platform on uh, our intercom, or uh, there's a button says if you go up to the help um, uh, schedule time, ask the expert, and it's private time. Tom, myself, and my uh, trial success engineer will get on and help people through. So, uh, uh, yeah, love to love to help you um, learn more and uh, apply it to your projects. All right, good.
1: wonderful. You Great guys
0: are that. the best. huh and whether are- Way to bring us to our close on a bang, with a bang. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. that was great. Thank you so much, guys. Yep. Thank
0: you all for having thank us. You. Yeah.
3: Thank you, and
1: thank you thing. all of you folks that are on the line now, and those of you that stayed with us most of the day. Yep. I know who you are. I look was- for follow up. We'll <laughs> yeah. be sending out all the information we went over today in an email. Mm-hmm. So hang in there and wait yeah. for it.
2: Great. That's it. Bye, Bye, Thomas. Thank you, thank you. Everybody so much. Take guys. care. Bye.
1: Third annual TMM is in the books. Yes.
0: Thanks, you guys. I'll drop. Thanks,
1: Mike. Take care, Mike. Thanks, guys. guys. That's it. I'm going to hit stop recording. I want to thank everybody who's been with us all day. And I want to thank those people that popped in. I Um, love the long haulers. Yeah, there was. But there was a lot lot of long haulers today. A lot. Yeah. And then there was pretty good size, but
0: a lot of a lot of churn, too. There were Mm -hmm. people that would come on and off. So,
1: yeah. So that was great. And the same people would come on and off. Right. Mm-hmm. So all right. I'm gonna hit stop recording. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, for everybody. Amazing okay.
2: Bye bye. Take care.